and welcome to the PR Week, PR Week's regular weekly roundup of everything that matters in the worlds of PR and communications. My name's Steve Barrett, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of PR Week, I'll guide you through the next 15 minutes of another busy week in comms, lots going on, lots to talk about. In the company of our guests this week, it's Gideon Fiddlesites, Managing Editor of PR Week. Uh, Gideon, welcome to the podcast. Been a while. Thanks, Steve. It has been a while. It's nice to be back. I love the way you pronounce my name. You actually make it sound better than, than I do. So Really? You. The Fiddlesite brand? Fiddlesite It's brand. taking over because we're going to find out all about your uh, high profileness over the next couple of weeks. And uh, yes. I'm going off on vacation, so you and Frank Washcoop will be in charge of this podcast in my absence, so uh, I shall be handing it over to you after this broadcast. Impossible shoes to fill, but Well, I don't know about that, Gideon. I think you do pretty well. And uh, Diana Bradley, our corporate reporter, is joining us again. Hey, Diana, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Good. Living the dream? Living yeah. Yeah, dream. yeah, good. PR week dream. Absolutely. That's the dream we all live around PR Week Towers, and uh, hopefully you do as well, listeners. All right, what are we going to talk about? Well, you couldn't have escaped the NFL this week and unfortunately not for the launch of the season more for um, Ray Rice and his uh, appalling antics and um, the video did the NFL know about it what should happen next etc we will have our NFL expert Gideon to opine on that we'll talk about Alibaba one of the most highly anticipated IPOs in many a year very uh, high profile roadshow going on and it's going pretty well so uh, we'll find out about that Talk about the PR Week conference. Happens next Tuesday, the biggest event of the year. It's going to be fantastic. Gideon will run us through that. We'll talk about Home Depot, uh, the security breach, and um, the latest in a long line of retailers suffering in that respect. And we'll talk about Apple. Um, all excited about the iWatch and uh, the bigger iPhones and products. Uh, we'll talk about their launch. How did it go down? We'll find out. Okay, let's talk about the NFL. Gideon, uh, we've probably all seen that video now in Revel, the uh, now closed casino in Atlantic City, which was kind of ironic in, in its own way, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Um, but uh, I guess the big question is, had anyone at the NFL seen this Back in the day, when they gave him that two-game um, suspension, and you know, what does this mean for Roger Goodell and and the pe- folks at the NFL? How did they handle it? Clearly, Ray Rice has now been suspended and uh, sacked by his team. Talk us through it. What do you think? You're a big NFL fan supporter, but this kind of brings the sport into disrepute uh, quite a lot, doesn't it? You know what? I, strangely enough perhaps inappropriately or, or appropriately, not sure. But, you know, right now, the story is Roger Goodell in the NFL and not Ray Rice so much, which is horrible to say, but from a communication standpoint, that's where we are. Roger Goodell has largely been viewed as an excellent NFL commissioner. The sport's popularity has surged in his tenure. The man started out as a PR person, so he's always been proven to be quite the communicator, but he finds himself now in a position unlike any he's ever faced before. Everyone knows about the Ray Rice situation, the former star running back of the Baltimore Ravens, um, earlier this year, video surfaced him dragging his then fiance, now wife, out of an elevator in Atlantic City Casino. At the time, the decision was made to suspend him for two games, which was a decision at the time which was met with actually quite a bit of derision. A lot of people thought the league didn't, didn't do enough. Two games was a very, very, is a slap on the wrist. The league did move to review its policies on domestic violence in light of the perception that it did not take such an incident seriously enough. Okay, that's fine. But with the NFL season having just kicked off, the league league in Goodell are now, their reputation is truly on the line. I want you to think about that for a second. The NFL, a lot of people think, is like Teflon. Nothing can harm it. 
That will be tested right now. New video of the abuse of the abuse Rice inflicted on his now wife in, an ele in the elevator has surfaced this week that is truly disturbing. It's disgusting, actually. This past Tuesday, the Ravens terminated Rice's contract and the league suspended him indefinitely. On the surface, that seemed to be a quick and appropriate response. I put those in quotes, but not so fast. That quick and appropriate response I just referenced might fly if you were to believe the league only got to see the new video footage this week. However, major questions exist as to whether the NFL knew the full extent of Rice's actions much sooner. There are conflicting reports about that. Um, on Wednesday, an AP report came out saying that a league executive received a copy of this video in April from a law enforcement official showing Rice punching his now wife in the face. Late Wednesday, the league announced that former FBI Director Robert Mueller will lead an independent inquiry into the league's investigation and how it gathered evidence in the case. Of course, Goodell and the league are insisting that they asked for the video numerous times and they never got it and they claim nobody in the NFL's offices had seen the video before this past Monday. Okay. So but, who's right then? The AP was reported saying they did have it. Well, you know what? Um, we don't know who's right yet. That's what's being investigated. So there's a lot of stuff still to be discussed here. However, here's the, here's the thing. Everything the league has done right now this week, most people think way too little, way too late. National Organization of Women, they said it quite plainly and quite well, actually. The NFL does, just does not have a Ray Rice problem. They have a violence against women problem. And that's true. They seem to be taking drugs and recreation, you know, and you know, in, in, you know, in, um, performance enhancing drugs much more seriously than this. Here's, this here, here's the bottom line. If the AP story is true, and that is still not to be proven, Goodell, has two, has, Goodell basically has two ways to go on this one. A, he's either lying, or B, he was basically incompetent. Neither one of those is a good scenario for him. So, on, and here's another very interesting point here. On September 10th, a headline on Boston.com read, it's more obvious than ever that Roger Goodell needs to go, but he probably won't. You can see headlines like that all over the web and on papers across the country. And that's another problem. Everyone realizes that this is a fireable offense for what is heretofore been a very successful NFL commissioner who has put tons of money in all of the owners' pockets. The problem here is not only whether Goodell needs to go or not, it's the general prevailing perception that the league, no matter what happens here, very well might not let him go anyway. Um, that is a huge problem. PR Week has already done some great coverage on this story, including a very enlightening piece, which was penned by my colleague Diana, Diana Bradley and Laura Nichols, in which Crisis Comms leaders advise the NFL and Goodell on how they can fix this massive crisis they are in. But I have to say this, and this is my personal opinion. I don't think anyone knows right now just how massive this is yet. The fact that Commissioner like Goodell is in a position where his job status is legitimately being questioned speaks volumes. This sport is an insanely popular one. Insanely. And I have to be honest, before this week, I would have had a hard time thinking of any possible crisis that could truly have a tangible effect on the NFL's bottom line. Really? This, what about the concussion you know crisis? What? You know what? The league, even after all that came out, the league keeps making money hand over fist. Nothing changes. It's mm. popular. Fantasy football, gambling. Sorry, people. I have to talk about that, too. The NFL is, almost, like I said before, it's Teflon. But this could be the case that truly changes it. At best, like I said this before, the league and Goodell were incompetent in their handling of the case. At worst, well, you guys can fill in the blank on that one. This will really be a very, very interesting thing to follow because major sponsors, if they find out the NFL knew about this early, they could back out. It's not inconceivable. Yeah, that's when it really uh, focuses attention. Diana, I'm interested in your opinion. You've got a young son. Would you uh, let him play 
football, you know, with the whole thing around concussion. And what do you think as a woman looking at the sport, which is incredibly popular with women, mm-hmm. but it, you know, most of the people involved are guys, aren't they, at, at, in the uh, administration of the sport and around it? And there's even people talking that if Goodell does go, then someone like Condoleezza Rice might come in, you know, which would change the whole perception and image of the sport. What do you think? What it, what's your thoughts? I think obviously something needs to change. This sounds like it's been kind of going on for ages and nothing's been done about it. Um, as for whether or not I would let my son play football, I'm going to say no, <laughs> but he is only two, and I probably won't have a say when he gets older, but I would like... I, the, but more and more parents are me. more and more parents are con- concerned, aren't they? And and yeah. actually trying not to let their kids play sports. Yeah, Talking I mean, to someone last night whose fifteen-year-old got concussed, you know, playing uh, this week, you know. In, yeah, it's worrying. There's a lot of sports where there's injuries, sure. and, you know, that kind of thing to contend with. But um, yeah, you, you can only. <laughs> do yeah, I think so I think they have got some. Problems with the obviously the Ray Rice thing, with the concussion thing, with the uh, you know just that, that the, the perception that they that a lot of the players are you know doing things that are really not not good for the image of the sport and the money they're earning and the sponsors attached to it. You know, it's it's a really it's a big deal. So we'll find out what what happens there, and it's uh, it's a story that's going to run and run. That's for sure. And it's you know when when everyone should be talking about the start of the season and the games and everybody that's, nobody's nobody's been talking about that at all have they well I'm a Giants fan so I have nothing to talk about <laughs> anyway. yeah indeed alright let's talk about Alibaba the uh, massive Chinese uh, company headed by Jack Ma it's been doing a roadshow ahead of its IPO in the States and Diane's going to tell us all about that and how it's gone down Okay, so on Monday it kicked off its 10-day roadshow to communicate with potential investors ahead of the IPO um, that's set to take place later this month. And according to Reuters, it's off to a successful start. Um, Basically, by Tuesday's end, it had received enough orders to cover the IPO after less than two days of the process. Um, and the road, the actual road show will consist of about a hundred meetings worldwide. Um, Give us a sense of the money here that's involved, or the valuations that are involved. It's massive, isn't it? Um, yeah, the IPO could fetch more than 130 billion, which would bill it as the largest since Facebook went public in 2012. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's 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 more than that, though, isn't it? It's a Chinese company going onto a onto the uh, American stock market, so it's a real sort of poster child for Chinese business, isn't it? And and maybe changing the image of it a little bit in the US where you know people are still a little bit suspicious of, of Chinese businesses despite the fact that there's a lot of trade between the countries a lot of uh, backs, backs, backward and forwards the Chinese are putting a lot of money into the states investing in jobs and companies so it's a it's a real sort of landmark deal and a, a landmark occasion I think for uh, for relations with between the countries and for Chinese business um, Who's working on it? What, which agencies? Um, Sardberman <laughs> and Brunswick Group are supporting uh, Alibaba with the event and with 
all of the IPO communications. Yeah, and Jack Ma is a bit of a character, isn't he? The guy who runs it as well as being one of the richest men in the world. And, and he's someone who's really changing the image of Chinese business. So I think that's uh, a topic we're going to come back to, actually. I'm going to be writing a piece on China and um, communications and business relating to that because there's a lot going on. And this is one of the big high-profile deals that is... Um, headlining that and um, President Obama's off to China in November so uh, that'll be really interesting and obviously there's a bit of tension as well with the clamps down so is it reform in China or is it uh, clamping down on foreign businesses we will uh, we will look into that and find out and report back to you all right next week is a big week for us it's our annual conference um, it's going to be chaired by Gideon Fiddlesite and uh, he is going to headline the sort of theme of good business, better business. So Gideon, talk us through it and why, why should, what's going to be the highlights of the day and, and uh, you know, can people still get tickets if they want to come along? Well, first of all, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, what have you been waiting for? You still have time. PRweek.com, go to it, register today and it'll be worth your while, I promise you. Good business, better business, as Steve said, is a theme. Um, in a nutshell, and you know, basically that's what I can do right now because if I, if, if I was given the amount of time I want to talk about the conference, we'd be going on for hours. And we don't want that. And we do not want that, no. no. We'll save that for next week. Doing good is no longer optional for businesses today. It is essential. And it's not just doing good for society, which of course it is, but it's also good for your own business. And in an era where trust in business and government is so fragile, this topic cannot be more timely. And that's what this entire conference and the myriad amazing keynotes and sessions we have are all about. Steve wanted me to give you some highlights of the speakers that we have. I'll give you just a few. Stan Bergman, CEO of Henry Schein, Justin Scala, North American President, Colgate Palmolive. They will actually be sharing the stage on a, on a session that basically talks about this wonderful program of Give Kids a Smile, where along with the American Dental Association, underprivileged kids who wouldn't have access to it get a free day of dental care. This program started in 2003, and it has exploded since then. Nearly half a million kids in the, in the United States get treatment through this initiative. It's a yeah, massive. so today, isn't it, when they open it up, free dental treatment yeah. for underprivileged kids. It's really good. It's and good for them. It's good for the dentists in the communities. It's good for Colgate. It's good for Henry Schein. It's good for the... Dental Association. Yeah, of, it's a win, 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 win. I'm sorry. Speaking of which, one of the dentists who actually originated the program, um, Dr. Jeffrey Dallin from St. Louis, is also going to be on that panel too. Very interesting guy. Definitely want to check him out. Um, David Simnick is the CEO of Soapbox Soaps, and he's also going to be delivering a keynote at 11.40 in the morning. And, you know, it's, he's got a really inspiring story. It's basically like um, the Toms of the soap business. It's a one-for-one for-profit business that basically started in his basement and if anyone, you know, if anyone has seen the movie Fight Club, seriously, that's how it started, with him making soap that way. And now, three years later, it's a $3 million plus business, and its products are on the shelves of some of the biggest retailers in the country, including Target. So it's an amazing story, and David is a really, really humble but humorous fellow. You definitely want to hear him talk as well. Um, GE, Cargill, Johnson & Johnson, Sprint, Viacom, Time Warner Cable, Morgan Stanley. No, that's not my stock portfolio. I wish it was. Those are the names of the companies that have actually, some of the companies, not all of them, are actually going to be represented on the day through their speakers. It's fantastic. The Battle of Big Ideas is going to be back bigger and better than ever. We have six eclectic and entertaining and educated speakers who are going to be talking about why companies need to do, need to do good. It's going to be a really, really great session, and you're going to get to vote on whose, best idea, uh, whose big idea is best. So the interactive element is definitely going to be there, as it is going to be on all the sessions. We want you, the audience, to be as big a part of this event as the speakers on stage are. So Gideon, you're getting me excited now. Where, where is it? When is it? And how do I get a ticket? 
Okay, PRWeek.com is how you get a ticket. You go on our website, which by the way, you probably are now listening to the the, podcast. Click on the conference link. Exactly, which is at the top of our page. It's very, very easy. It's very, very easy to see. September 16th, it's at Convene, 733rd Avenue, New York City. That's important because there's more than one Convene in Manhattan. Don't go to the wrong one. 733rd Avenue is where this event is going to be. I do want to mention a couple of... So that's Tuesday, isn't it? September 16th. It's it's next Tuesday. It's going on Friday, September 16th. I do want to say one more thing, actually, which I think is really kind of special. Um, we have a special lunchtime presentation with, um, I think everyone in this world has heard about this little thing called the Ice Bucket Challenge, right? You've probably all taken it. I know, I know Steve has it. I don't know about you, Diana. I know I have. But anyway, that's okay. Um, basically, a board member from the uh, New, uh, AL Association Greater New York Chapter is going to be deli- um, doing a Q&A with yours truly during lunch. It's going to be a really, really great discussion and uh, timely, obviously. So that's going to be very, very enjoyable. 40 under 40 dinner, of course, that everyone looks forward to. Cocktail party after the conference. Who doesn't want cocktails? Well, probably except me, I suppose. But anyway. Um, and of course, uh, Fleischmann, Hillard, Edelman, Toyota, and MSL Group are our sponsors for the day. And they will also all be presenting these wonderful sessions that you don't want to miss. So again, if you've registered, very good business decision. If you haven't, you still can. So I encourage you to do so. PRWeek.com, register today. I'd love to see you there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good content, great networking uh, with your peers and senior people and finding about a, a massive topic for business. You know, mm-hmm. the business needs to improve its image, and this is one of the ways it's doing it. But it's also good for the bottom line, like we say. So Absolutely. it's sustainable um, and, and lots of different elements on display there. So it's going to be great. Uh, check it out on Tuesday. All right, so uh, Diana, tell us about Home Depot. They've had a security breach problem, which uh, you know retailers like Target have had uh, in, in earlier and in this year and, and last year. It's a continuing problem for businesses of all types. Uh, tell us about this and you know how they've reacted to it. Okay, so um, this particular data theft could affect more than 60 million customers who used credit cards at Home Depot locations in the U.S. and Canada since April. And to put that number in context, uh, Target's data breach crisis affected more than 40 million customers, and we saw how much that affected Target. Yeah, definitely. Um, You've got to be a Home Depot customer, Gideon, surely. It's where you spend your Sundays, isn't it? uh, Doing projects around the house? I've definitely been to Home Depot many times. I like the company very much. Believe it or not, though, we've been kind of watching our wallets. I don't think I've been to Home Depot since April, so I think I'm okay. That's that's kind of funny. Dodge the bullet then. eh? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this happened potentially, this has happened since April. Um, but Home Depot didn't really start communicating about it until last week um, after security blogger Brian Krebs uh, first reported the potential breach. Uh, he posted a blog about it saying that uh, the breach may have um, occurred due to, by the same malware as the, the same theft that affected Target. Um, so that's interesting. So. Kind of right after Brian Krebs wrote that, Home Depot began communications efforts around the issue. Um, they, they put out a statement preparing customers for the possibility of a breach and what they would do to help customers if one were to happen. And then this week, uh, Home Depot confirmed that the hackers breached its payment security systems. And the key point they were trying to get across is that customers will not be responsible for fraudulent charges re- resulting from the breach. And they kind of, they, they uh, created a whole bunch of, of communication materials in response to this crisis. They, they did a statement, a press release, they 
created an FAQ document. Um, there, they gave out information about registering for free identity protection services and tips on preventing identity theft. So they're, you know, it's just a massive trying. issue for every business, isn't it? And um, yeah. you've got to have your plan in place. And you know, just make you wonder it's all this stuff about the cloud and your data. You do sort of wonder. I mean, our sister title, SC Magazine, is all over this, obviously. But you do wonder sometimes, you know, what, 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 with whether your your uh, information is safe in the cloud, don't you? you and really why it do. took them so long to find this well, out? Well, indeed, this happened yeah. in April. And, indeed, you know, yeah. So would it have? Uh, would they have? Would it have come out if the blogger hadn't? Uh, uh, written about it. That kind of takes us on to Apple, actually, because obviously they had a high-profile uh, lapse of their own with the the celebrity videos and photos that were um, hacked into and distributed on the internet. And of course, uh, that rather took away from Apple's big launch, which was this week of its iWatch and its new iPhone. And um, but you know, a very uh, interesting launch, new products, and uh, which um, we're all excited about. Are you going to be buying an iWatch? Uh, Gideon, I see you have your watch on there, but are you going to be getting an iWatch? You know what? I'll tell you what, Steve. It's possible, and that's and that's and I, you know, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie right now. I'm a big Apple fan. I always have been. And even though one thing I want to focus on here, though, is that you know, what? Apple for a very very long time might have been accused of being a little complacent because under Steve Jobs's watch, um, they have become almost synonymous. You know. With the technology, I mean, I think I think people just automatically assume, oh, if it's an Apple product, it's got to be the best one out there. I think that people have long felt that way. Then Samsung comes out with these, you know, with, with their phones, and I, I got to say, even me, and I'm a big Apple fan, I'm like, Jeez, Jesus Christ, these phones are really good. They might be better than my iPhone. Well, that's so, why it's interesting. They've made their phones bigger, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Because so, you know, they're, they're almost following there, which is not an Apple thing. They usually lead. So they're kind of leading with the iWatch, but not so much with the, the new-sized iPhones. You know what? You can't... I don't think... You can't always lead because, you know, guess what? There are some smart people at Samsung and other companies, too. So at least Apple is sort of recognizing... try to always lead at PR week, don't they? Well, yes, but... Um, the, Apple's recognizing that you know they have competition now, really serious competition. So at least they're not being complacent about it. I think the iWatch is a very, very interesting thing. I mean, I'll certainly look into it. Um, but um, there were some glitches, as, as Steve was saying. There were, yeah, in the, in the launch, weren't they? Yeah, but I think the products look good, have been generally well received. Um, good job by Apple in terms of that. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. All right, that's pretty much all we've got time for. Don't forget the uh, PR Week Awards are open for entries. You've got until October the 3rd to get your submissions in, so I hope you're all working hard on that. That will come quicker than you think, that date. You can uh, uh, submit late, a week later, but you have to pay extra for that, so make sure you're working on that. We've got our best places to work. We've launched that, so uh, you should be talking to your marketing contact within your organization, whether it's an agency or in-house, to uh, take the survey and get your uh, place of work involved in that. And don't forget our Hall of Fame, which we also launched our second year's uh, nominees for that, or honorees, I should say. They'll be honored uh, at a dinner on December the 8th, 8th correct. I think it is, in New York City. So that's going to be fun. We've got people like Dan Edelman, Ophield Dukes and a really great lineup of fantastic people. So do check that out. It'll be another great opportunity for the industry to get together, as they will be next Tuesday for the conference. So hoping uh, we'll see a lot of you there and uh, come and enjoy our, our big event of the year. All right, that's all we've got time for. Let's uh, 
Well, I'm, I'm not going to be around for the next couple of weeks, so you're going to be in the safe hands of Gideon and Frank. So uh, enjoy, and I'll see you in, in three weeks. All right, take care. Bye.